This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, hello, and welcome in to the Gym Day Podcast. As you know, once in a while, we bring you a best of edition. And this one is the best of the rookies. Now, obviously, if you've been, well, if you're listening to this podcast, you follow the Reds. So the rookies on this team have been unbelievable. Reds are ahead of schedule because these guys not only came up and made their major league debut, but they are performing. And whether or not they make the playoffs or not this season, they have certainly established themselves at the major league level. And this nucleus of young players that are going to grow together, man, next few years are going to be something special. Now, earlier this season, I was able to sit down with, in this edition, Spencer Steer, Matt McClain, and Andrew Abbott. They were all terrific and obviously on the field, outstanding. Hope you enjoy it. Best of the rookies here on the Gym Day Podcast. Of course, it's Spencer Steer making his Gym Day Podcast debut. You know, you're you're one of these guys that I found out uh, as we go along and I, I get to know you or get to know about you at least, that people gravitate towards you. Have you noticed? I mean, you're a guy that uh, you're sort of like the little brother that they pick on. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good way of describing uh, my role in the clubhouse, you could say. Um, I actually make the joke, like, I'll be your punching bag. You know, you have a bad day, just throw it all at me. I'll take it. I'll wear it. Um, but, yeah, I just try to be, you know, a guy who can just kind of bring a positive, you know, kind of energetic vibe every day. Um, just try to – I kind of pride myself on just trying to be the same guy every single day, no matter how I'm playing – um, you know, how I'm feeling, if I'm tired, whatnot, I, I still try to bring it every day. And, um, another guy in our clubhouse that's like that is Cece. I know you've heard me kind of mention his name a lot recently and yeah, he's kind of that guy that, you know, has that infectious energy about him. Um, so, you know, I try to, I try to be You're like talking about well. Colin Calgill, right? Yeah. Colin yeah. Calgill. Yeah. First base coach, outfield coach, all around coach. Mm-hmm. He is an energy guy. CC. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, a lot of guys, after you hit singles, we do a headbutt with them. And I think that kind of just sums up him perfectly. He's just... I have noticed the headbutt. Like, you, who gets the headbutts? Just whoever's around him in the dugout? Or, or you're talking about at first base. Yeah, first base. After, you know, you get an RBI knock or, you know, a two-out knock with no one on, it doesn't matter. He's, he's ready to give you a headbutt. He's fired up. So <laughs> I think that's just like him in a nutshell. I love that action. Love that so much. Now, how's it like? Uh, you're, you're fully fitting in now with this Reds team, right? I mean, it's the trade was last year, which I know was tough at the time, but uh, is it what you expected? Do you feel like you're hitting your major league groove now? 
yeah, it's just, you know, getting comfortable and and just kind of trusting that you belong here. Um, I think that was a big part of kind of my transition from last year to this year is just understanding that I belong here, I can play at this level, and, you know, taking a step further, just building relationships with the guys on the team. Um, you're yeah. with these guys more than than you are with your family. So I'm um, just getting comfortable with these guys, building relationships with them and and going out to dinners on the road, stuff like that. I've really gotten comfortable around this group of guys and they've they've made a they've made it really easy as well. How tough was it getting traded? It can be easy, especially in the middle of a season. You just gotta pick up everything you knew as a Minnesota twin and all the guys you came up with and all the coaches and that comfortability factor was just gone, erased, and now you've got to somehow fit into a new organization. What was it like? It was tough. It's 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 a really tough transition. It's kind of like your whole world gets flipped yeah. upside down, you know, in a matter of minutes, right? Like one one minute I'm, when I got traded, I was on the bus to the field with St. Paul, the AAA team with the Twins, get a call that I got traded, take the bus right back to the hotel next day on a flight out of there, and in the dugout with the with the whole new team that I didn't know anybody, you know, going in. Right. Um. So it was it was tough. You know, leaving my friends and and you know everyone I built relationships with the twins over four years, leaving them at a moment's notice, and then you know just kind of acclimating to a new organization, um, new coaching staff, new teammates, new routines, all that kind of stuff. So. It was a mixed, you know, kind of mixed bag of emotions, I guess. You know, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, for new opportunity. Um, you know, sad leaving leaving your buddies. But I'd say that it went a lot smoother than expected. Yeah. You know, after those first couple of days, you know, how tough that transition was, you know, the next week, two weeks, you know, the, the guys in, in Louisville really, really were, were great welcoming and then obviously when I got here to Cincinnati it was it was more of the same at the same time the opportunity here for the Reds had to like put a little jump in your step did it put knowing that and you got you know called up last year yeah. so not sure maybe you might have gotten that same opportunity with the twins who knows but the opportunity here had to put some jump in the step didn't it I, f I feel like right away they they believed in me, you know, getting, obviously number one, getting traded here shows their belief in me, but two, giving me that opportunity last year to, to come up for the last month and play every day. I, I think that meant a lot to me and for my confidence going forward that I'm wanted here. They believe that I can, I can be a good baseball player at this level and, and yeah, won the opportunity. I mean, that's all you can ask for as a baseball player, just an opportunity to go out there and show what you can do. And and maybe I might have gotten that with the Twins, but maybe not. So um forever grateful to this organization for just giving me that opportunity. As far as debuts go. Yeah, that was... I mean, wow. It's probably one of my better games all of last year, and it just happened to be on my debut. Yeah. Which was pretty ideal. Were you When you look back at that now, were you just uh like... It just happened. It like you were almost so wide eyed and uh, almost don't remember. A lot of guys say I hardly remember it. I just kind of just went through it. 
Was it like that for you? Or yeah, hundred percent. I would say exactly that. Um, what I remember from my debut is just before the game. I remember, like you know, all day before the game, being so nervous, like not even be able to eat, like nervous, um, and then showing up to the field. And it being an absolute whirlwind when I get to the field. And then it's like, next thing I know, the game starts. And then that's when it's like, I don't really have any recollection whatsoever from that game. It was like, game started, blacked out, game ended. It's done. Yeah, game ended. Then you had some nerd waiting there like, can I talk to you? <laughs> can I talk to you about that walk-off thing? Which Probably couldn't tell you what I said in that interview either. I couldn't tell you what I asked, but I'm sure it was bad questions. <laughs> but we got through it. So I appreciate right. that. This year, um, you've been playing a lot of first base. And I got to tell you, man, that's not an easy transition. People say, oh, just so throw someone out there at first base. It's easy. No, it's not. Um, but you've done pretty well over there. Are you feeling more comfortable? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get more and more comfortable. The, the toughest thing for me was the glove, to be honest with you. Much I, bigger glove. I use Flimsier a, glove. I use a smaller glove for third base i use 11 and a half inch glove at third base which is by standard pretty small i guess for that position and then going to first base you're you're using a, a 12 and a half 12 and three quarter inch glove so it's another inch and a half and and it's just a different make of a glove it's just big it's floppy sometimes i catch the ball and it's like i don't even feel it like it's it's just a that was the big thing for me was just taking ground balls to that thing and just getting used to to, to catching ground balls, you know, the targeting and that, that glove's different. It's got to be a little lower than what I'm used to with my glove at third. So that and then obviously the footwork that goes into to play at first and and all that stuff. So I'm definitely getting more comfortable as I've obviously played there pretty much every day the past month. So um, but I think it's a it's it's a harder position than I think a lot of people realize and definitely harder than than I realized before I played there. Yeah, you're not the uh, prototypical first baseman, I guess, nope. if they were going to draw it up. Um, well, I A funny shot. Uh, I mean, Aaron Judge is on first base, and he's standing next to you, and he is just a giant of a human being. Massive. He looks massive next to anyone. But did you find yourself like, wow. I mean, he's, he's just, just a massive human. Like, I don't really know how to describe how big he is besides just he's massive. Um, it was actually funny. I went back in the dugout, and TJ was like, dude, he makes you look tiny. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like, man, I hope someone gets a picture. Like, I just want, I want to see it. Well, we took a shot. I'm sure there's a picture, but we took a, some, a few shots. Yeah, it. I want to see it. I, I was waiting, you know, that app that we get all our pictures on. I, yeah. I was hoping that, you know, a picture would show up of him standing next to me and just see how small I look, but well, Fried, I'm sure I'll find one at some point. Friedel gets on me all the time because I'm I'm like six. I used to be six three. I think I'm six two now that I get older. Who knows? But when I do a post game interview with him, uh, and he's like, "Can I stand on a box?" Because he looked at the interview back and he's like, "I look so short next to you." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, man." So every time he's like, "Bring out the box! Bring out the box!" That's so funny. So he's uh, he's got a little uh, self humor, if you will. That's good. TJ about him, who is the best dresser on the team? Who is the worst dresser on the team? Which teammate spends the most time in front of the mirror? Funniest teammate? 
And you came up a couple times, and unfortunately, it was they were throwing you under the bus about the worst dresser on the team. Mm-hmm. I would love to give you the microphone to defend yourself against these heathens known as your teammates. You know, I, I get a lot. I get a lot of. Uh, you know, I I get a lot from the guys when I I wear just the travel suit on the plane <laughs> and stuff. Like last 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 trip, Mally had me come just to the front of the bus just to say. Hey, everyone, look at Spencer's wearing pajamas again. <laughs> nice hat, too. Go sit down. <laughs> like, stuff like that, you know? <laughs> Just giving me a hard time for wearing the travel suit, you know? When, when the, you know, there's probably a lot of other guys wearing it. But What's the travel suit? It's, Describe it, it. It's just like, uh, you know, it's a sweatsuit. You know, you got black black sweats yeah. and, you know, a zip-up hoodie. Right. Um, you know, it has Red's logos on it. And Those you know, are nice, actually. And, I, and I'm I'm obviously not the only guy wearing it, right. but they they choose to to have me Again, go to the front. Got to bring the little brother up here, and you know, be the punching <laughs> bag and make fun of me for wearing pajamas. So um, they have a nickname for you, didn't don't it? they? Um, I can't remember. If they got one for me. I don't know about it. It was about the clothes. Stocks. Uh, oh, stock. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, this is a good story. Uh, during spring training, we're sitting on the bench and, and Will Benson's talking to somebody, I think it might've been Will Myers and they're talking about like who wears a good Jersey. And I forget who was hitting that time. They're like, yeah, look, you know, he's got, you know, an arm sleeve on, he's got wrist tape. He's got the chain, like looks good. He's like, like Spence over here, like he's got stock swag. That's it's like, what is that supposed to mean? That's it. Stock swag. And he's like, you know, like nothing's like flashy, you know, you got the, you know, you got the double wrist tape and, you know, that's about it. Like it's stock swag. And I kind of liked it, you know, like, so I've, I've kind of ran with the, you know, the stock swag kind of thing. And I think that's a good way to describe kind of how I dress off the field. You know, it's nothing flashy. It's just kind of stock swag, I guess. I love that. Yeah. I love that they would. So how often do you get called to the front of the bus? Now, by the way, the players travel on their own bus. When we're traveling, it's coaches and, you know, personnel and, and broadcasters in, in separate bus. But you guys got your own bus, which is like to be a fly on the wall a few times on there. But how often are you called to the front of the bus? Yeah, Luke Luke Ma- uh, Maley is our uh, is our MC. He's always on the mic kind of. You know, he's always, he's always got, you know, a list of topics to touch on and um So he's got the mic of the the bus driver's yeah, mic. Yeah, he grabs the mic and um <laughs> it's typically just when we land um on a in an away city. Yeah. And it's when we're, you know, driving from the airport to the hotel when we first get to the city. And yeah, he just grabs a mic and starts to MC and you know, he'll he'll either share a story or talk about, you know, the previous series whatever it is, and then usually he'll grab a rookie or two <laughs> or guys, you know, with less than a year of service time yeah. and, you know, have us go up to the front of the bus and, you know, say a few things about ourselves, get to know your teammates, feel free to share a story or sing a song. So first <laughs> first bus trip of the year calls me up and they say, sing the national anthem. <laughs> so uh, first, first road trip of the year, sang the national anthem. Um... And then I think I got called up one other time and sang a song. So it's only been a couple times, but I'm sure there'll there'll be plenty plenty more throughout the year. How did the national anthem go? 
It went good, but I actually blanked on the words at one part and uh, <laughs> didn't get a good uh, reaction from the crowd on Did that. Did you one, get booed off the? I didn't get booed, but you know there were some unhappy, unhappy uh, guys in the crowd. You know you can't you can't blank on the words. It's our national. Did anthem. you try to hit the high notes though? Yeah, in in that situation, you, I think guys just want you to go for it. Like they don't care how bad you are, but if you really like show effort and just kind of go for it, yeah, you know it's it's entertainment, and 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 they'll respect you for it too. So you, you went for, for it? it, yeah, I went for it. You have to. <laughs> that is beautiful. Because if you go up there and and you're bad and you aren't showing effort, yeah, it's like a double whammy. You're getting booed. But if you're bad but you show a lot of effort and you go yeah. for it, then guys, you know they're gonna get some laughs and maybe you'll leave the stage with some claps. You never know. Do you have any goals other than to, you know, obviously you want to stay a major leaguer. That's always the number one goal. Mm-hmm. But have you set any personal goals of, of things you want to accomplish, or are you just kind of just figuring it out as you go? I would say I've definitely set some goals. Um, you know, over time, those goals are obviously going to change. Um, I think one one big one for this year was just, be in that lineup every day this year and just try to make an impact positively on this team to help them win. Like, I think this city is craving winning baseball. Oh, no doubt. And you can really feel it from the, the fans and um, can't blame them for being impatient and really antsy to, to see this team win. So I think going in that was a lot of guys goals was just let's play good baseball and let's find ways to to win and I think that's that goes hand in hand with personal goals if I'm impacting this team and and helping this team win I think at the end of the day you look at my stats are probably gonna be pretty good if I'm helping the team win so I think when you go out there every night and you try to just play winning baseball, I think the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. Who do you hang with on the team the most? If you're on the road, who's who you hanging with? I mean, it's it's the position player guys around my age for sure. Um most of the guys without you know, families on the road or, or kids, you know, cuz a lot of guys families travel and yeah. Yeah, they want to spend time with their their kids, so um Spent a lot of time with with Stu, uh, TJ, Indy, Fraley, Stevo. Um, a lot of those guys, I'm 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 hanging out with a lot. Who gives you the most grief out of that group? I'd say it's probably split between TJ and and uh, Jake. Because we're, Jake we're, is we're a, in the in the locker room, we're right by each other, right like by each other. Like yes, we're, it's it's us right three next in a row, to each other. So. Yeah. We're always we're always bickering at each other and oh. and you know it's fun. It's what do you think TJ's doing right now? We're in the afternoon. It's before a night game, folks. Just figuring that out. What is TJ doing right now? Do you he's think probably, he would answer probably, his phone? He's probably trying to figure out a Sudoku puzzle. He's terrible at him. <laughs> it's because every everyone on the team at the beginning of the year we we started doing Sudoku and you know we're all pretty good at him and then TJ kind of is late to the party and. He's trying to be like us, and he's probably struggling with one of those right now. That'd be my guess. All right, I have a uh, a habit of calling people on this podcast. I love it. 
Now he is haven't called me yet before. Well, I didn't get your number till I guess that's a fair. couple that's of fair. days ago. I would have. Because in has, the future, has TJ it, been on this before? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, he has. So let's see if he answers. So he'll get it. I don't know. We'll see if he answers. Oh, baby. Oh, oh. We got a ringy dingy. See, it's working. Hey. <laughs> TJ Friedel. Yo. What's up? You are on the Gym Day podcast with Spencer Steer. Oh, boy. Hey, TJ, you doing a Sudoku puzzle right now? That was my guess. No, John is, though. I'm sitting right across from John doing his Sudoku. See, he he doesn't even want to try it because you know he can't do it. No, that's not true. I didn't get a printout. <laughs> if I had a printout, I would do it. you have printouts on there? Spence and Jim Day. Prank. They're just pranking and calling everyone in the clubhouse, I guess. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we've got Matt McLean today. Perhaps you've heard of him. <laughs> Some guys are wide-eyed when they come up here, and at, at first, at least, the moment is too big. It never seemed like that for you. Did you feel comfortable from the get-go, or uh, did you just hide it? Uh, I hide it, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous. I'm still nervous. I still get nervous before every game. It's just a part of nervous slash excited. Like, I just want to yeah. start the game already. Yeah. What makes you nervous? Um, I, I think it's more the fact that, like, Okay, like I'm I'm ready, like let's go play. Yeah. Like I feel ready. I feel loose. I'm like, let's just go play. Like I don't want to do all this stuff before the game. You know, after BP there's two hours. I'm like, oh I'm roll right into the game. Right. Like, I don't know why. I just I just wanna like play. Yeah. I don't wanna wait, but that's part of it. You gotta learn what to do in those times. Now, fielding is fielding. By mm -hmm. the way, the the fields are better, right? I mean, you made some errors at, yeah. at, at AAA. I'm like, hey, it's a little different. You get up here, the fields are better, the yeah. lighting's better, uh -huh. everything's better. Yeah. So relax on that. As far as the pitching goes that you've been facing, is mm -hmm. it what you expected? It's better. It's better than you expected. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Not to say I ways? didn't expect it to be yeah. a cakewalk, but I was like, some of these guys, like, whoa. <laughs> like, you better, there's no breaks. That's one of the things no. that I said is like, there's no one where you're like, like everyone's really good and they're like going to bring their best on every pitch. Like, yeah. especially one thing that I noticed was like, they want, they're like, they're going to challenge you like me. Oh, yeah. they're like they're, they're not going to like nibble. They're going to be like, hit this. Like, let's see what you got. Oh yeah. Like that's one of the things that I've noticed and I felt it's like every single pitch is a challenge. And that's like one of the really fun parts is like, that makes the game more fun. Cause like sometimes yeah. in the minor leagues you get guys and they're like, you know, they're nibbling. It's like four pitch walk. I walked a lot more in the minor leagues so far. I yeah. don't have that many at bats still, but that was one of the things I noticed is like there's not like like they're coming for you. Oh yeah. And it's a good thing. Like that's what I want. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like it's uh this is a hyped rookie right here. I'm coming after this kid right here. Um or they just come at you in general. They, I mean, they just they come, come at, at they every come at player. Everyone most. one through nine. Yeah. I, I don't think it's me more than anyone. I think yeah. it's just the fact that like you know, it's the big leagues. Like, there's a lot on the line. Like, yeah. you, it means a lot. Every single win means a lot. Every single loss means a lot. Like, 
individual performances mean a lot. Like everything matters. So I think it's like just in general, one through nine, like the pitcher like wants you. Yeah. And the hitter wants to get the pitcher too. Yeah. The jump from triple A to major league baseball is huge. I yeah. mean you can you can say that it's not all you want, but it is huge. Uh what uh has there been a pitch that has been the best that has surprised you or even a pitcher that has a pitch? I mean, is there one that's like, oh wow, I didn't see that in the minor leagues? Um Outside of the few top, you know, you face some top prospects as well. They're going to be in the show. Yeah. Uh, in the in the minors. I think that uh, the starter for the Yankees, Severino, he came out. It was like an 11-35 game. It's like I just woke up like two hours ago. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. And he was like, yeah, those games Those games, are those games I mean, are come brutal. on, man. Yeah. It's for TV. It's for money. I get it. Everything's. Yeah. You know, driven by money and those, those doggone TV people. It's idiots on yeah. TV, huh? But he was like, <laughs> he was like, he was really like 95, 97, but it looked like there was no effort behind it. And it was yeah. like, I looked up and I was like, oh, for three with like three strikeouts. And it was like <laughs> probably on like 11 or 12 pitches. And I was like, yeah. oh, like, that's one of the things, like, you know, he doesn't care that it's an 11-35 game. He feels yeah. great. He's had four days of rest. It's like, you better bring it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of your, your size or lack thereof size, is this something you've dealt with the the whole time throughout your career, whether it be where you're drafted, where you're projected, et cetera? You've always dealt with the question of lack of size. Um, I think, like, baseball has actually done a really good job of, you know, Picking out athletes other than yeah. size. Like I think it's an advantage, by the way. 100%. I think it is, too. There's way less to go wrong in your swing. Yes. it's You're compact. You've got a smaller strike zone. I think it's an advantage. I, I believe that, too. I know a lot of people don't. There's, like, some things. If I, I think it is, too. I use it to my advantage. On the thing, I'm like uh, the the AAA strike zone thing. Oh, yeah. The, with the robo-umps. Yeah. My zone was small. I was like, oh, I love this thing. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have said that it's smaller and it's it's more advantageous to the hitters, particularly guys that have the smaller strike zone to begin with. There's for everyone in general, there's not much top of the zone. There's yeah. like you'll get some like ones that like clip like sliders like low and away that'll like clip and you'll be like, Okay, that was a ball. Yeah. But like I'll take it if they're not calling like below my letters. Right. Like or belly button even. It's yeah. like mm, I was Probably a strike, but they call it a ball. So yeah, the guys even in like golf that the guys that have compact swings have an advantage. When you're taller, like I got these arms that hang down to the <laughs> ground. Like there's so much that could go wrong in my swing. Uh -huh. Whereas I envy someone that's just got this compact swing. Yeah. I, I just think it's a complete advantage. So when people bring up the size thing, I'm heck with that yeah i mean that's an advantage to me so yeah. you were in triple a with vada when he was rehabbing yeah listen he had a high praise for you joey had high praise for you i think his words were i've, I've really taken to this matt mcclain <laughs> um so hearing praise like that that has to be large for you uh yeah he uh he gives me a lot of really good advice like day and not day not every day but like when he sees something like he's not afraid to tell me and i tell him like dude tell me like yeah your Hall of Famer, like, yeah. tell me, like, how, he's like, do you want like stuff? Do you want to hear what I have to say? I'm like, yes, like, tell me. Do you have so, a sample of something that he's told you? That um, like when when we were in Louisville, he was like on me about, you know, like when you get to the majors, you don't want to be, um, 
like searching for major adjustments. He's like, the most important thing is like find out the player you are and like go to school on that every single day and like work on the little things because they really do show up day in and day out. Um, but he was just like, you really have to work on the little things like, for example, like throwing, where to put your throws or hitting like the pitch that you're swinging at. He's like, just work really, really hard. Um, he told me to treat it like instructs. He's like, treat this like instructs. Like, get out there early, work, 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 just keep working. Um, and I did, and I still do that, like, now that I'm here. And yeah. not to say that I have everything figured out or anything, right. but um, I don't know. That that stuck with me that, like... Oh, big time. Because he works so hard. He works oh. harder than anyone. So, like, yeah. seeing him do that and, like, still do that now yeah. is, like, you know, you're never you're never too good. Like, there's always stuff that you can work on. And yeah. I think it's just fun to watch him go about his business and I can learn from it. Okay, you were drafted originally by the Diamondbacks, right? Yep. So you have to make the decision, all right, do I take this money now or do I go to UCLA? Mm-hmm. And you decided to go to UCLA. And you struggled when you first got there, right? Mm-hmm. You hit like 204, I want to say. Which, 203. Which is crazy to for me to think of the, as good a hitter as you are. You even played some center field there, right? Played center field most of the year, and then I played third for like the last month. What was that like? It was good. It's good? Yeah. But did you have a lot like, oh my gosh, I should have taken the money from the Diamondbacks? I really didn't. Like you people did not think, even like, clo- Looking back on it, I literally don't ever think I thought that. Like, Looking back on it, I don't know why I didn't think it, but I yeah. really didn't. I guess, like, that summer I went to the Cape and I played well. Yeah. Um, But I really, like, looking back on it, I don't know why I didn't think that. Yeah, because it's natural. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm struggling here, and I just turned down, I don't know what the signing bonus would have been. It was 2-6. Uh, <laughs> I turned down $2.6 million, <laughs> and I just hit 200 in college, and, I struck and I'm not out even like, playing short. I probably struck out like 40% of the time. I don't know what the number was, but it was up there. Okay, not looking back or or wondering if you were regretting the decision, but at least those struggles, did you have to soul search at least with the struggles? Yeah, I think it was a wake-up. It was like a big wake-up call. Yeah. Like, honestly, each level has been a wake-up call. Yeah. But that was like a really big one. That was like... Uh, that was the biggest wake-up call. Like, looking back on it, like, in high school and stuff, I really just, like, kind of rolled the balls out there. I worked really hard in the weight room, worked really hard. But in terms of, like, actually knowing myself as a player, in terms of, like, you know, how I got to play in between the lines, like, I always played hard, but I was just kind of, like, hair on fire all the time, just play. But, like, my swing, I didn't necessarily know a lot. I didn't have a lot of, like foundation or routine things to fall back on so when i hit like the slump like that or when i started to struggle i was just constantly searching the whole entire year and it was just things just snowballed like it was just i was always searching for something in my swing or something and honestly it's really like looking back on it it wasn't that much swing was good enough it was just like i was just so mentally like what am i doing wrong why is this happening and yeah. just constantly searching, and it wasn't, it wasn't good. But in the end, like I learned so much from it. Yeah. Well, you turned it on, and then you're drafted. What? What's it? Fifteenth overall. Uh, seventeenth. Seventeenth yeah. overall by the Reds, which I can't believe you fell that far again. Do you think it was 
size related or they thought that you didn't uh, have a big ceiling? What, what do you think? I don't know. Don't know? I don't know. I mean, looking back <laughs> now, it's like, <laughs> I, you know, 16 I, other I teams st- passed on you. I'm like, what? I started off slow, slower that year. I've yeah. always just been like an okay starter. I haven't like come out of the gates firing. Except for here. cold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's and- where I'm actually leading to. You struggled last year, your first year of pro uh-huh. ball. Yeah. Like, bad was it again soul searching or did you know all right i that I, was another jump and i even then like i didn't but you had a foundation that you've already struggled before so yeah you... but the game was so much faster yeah because like that was my first year and high a was pretty comparable to pac 12 yeah and then double a was a pretty big jump and then now it's a pretty big jump too yeah but um that, that the game was just faster for me yeah well it was a longer season too and it you was very long you were you tired like you went to the arizona fall league yeah tired. that's not an excuse for anything but oh, hey if you're tired you're tired <laughs> yeah that that the fall league was also a wake up i've had some good wake-ups and it's i i wake up in what way like the fall league dude you got to get better really like you gotta like do something <laughs> <laughs> like you just like you gotta get better and it still is like i i every day here i'm like these guys are really good. Like, yeah. keep working. Like every single day, four for four, or for four. Like, show up the next day, get a little bit better. What did you do? I know you made a slight swing adjustment yeah. in the off season. What was that adjustment? A little bit. You know, I, I think one of the things I opened up a little bit helped see the ball better. Um, I got a little bit more rhythm in my feet and my hands. Um, I think just learning to be on time consistently. And stay in my zone. That's one of the things I'm really, like, trying to continue to work on is, like, just hit my pitch. Because, like, you watch some of these guys like Judge and Goldschmidt, and it's like, I'm at shortstop, and it's like, okay, anything up in the zone, like, they're swinging, like, they're getting their best swing off. And it's like, anything out of it, they're just like, okay, have it. Strike one. Or, like, ball. It's just impressive to watch them swing. And, like, their approach. Like, you could tell guys, like, who know what they're looking for and know what they want compared to guys who don't. Uh, another thing that I found interesting that they told me is that when you were in college, you didn't have an agent and and it was kind of, uh, you guys were kind of learning as you went on. Well, in high school. In high school, yeah. Up until like a month before the draft. Yeah, where you were just kind of like, oh, wow, I need an agent, right? Yeah. Like, like you late. were oblivious so to it. It was like bit. a... I was at one of the tournaments. I, it was like a Team USA thing, and I was someone asked me who my agent was, and I was like, "What? What? Like I didn't know what it was. I didn't know everyone had an agent." Yeah. And I was like, "Nobody." And I told my dad after it. I was like, "Dad, these guys are asking me who my agent is," and I'm and he's like, "Well, what do you mean agent?" I'm like, "Apparently, everyone has an agent." And then like, started to figure out the whole draft process, yeah. like how these guys had advise you and you know talk to teams for you and stuff like that but uh yeah i didn't have one until a month after that's crazy to think of because you know most of those agents are normally like yeah you know blood in the shark with blood in the water yeah well after a couple of those showcases they they were they were you know we have the visits with them in the house or whatever but um i'm with boris and i just waited for them and they're in orange county too so they were coming to my high school games and stuff like that, and then eventually, I went with them. Oh, what is it like being a Scott Boris client? It's great. <laughs> What's great about it? Um, 
first, I mean, everyone that works over there, Scott, everyone else is great, like great people. And they have my best interest in need. And that's what I want. Yeah. Like, I know they catch slack sometimes, but it's, they're protecting me one and they're working for my best interest. No, it's their job. And, and I think that they're the best at that than anyone else. Yeah. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. We welcome into the pod, Andrew Rabbit and his big league stash. <laughs> yeah, you were probably, I'm, I'm guessing at Virginia, you guys had a good group and, you know, college teams are pretty close. This is sort of like a college team. Do, is it, am I accurate there? Yeah, I would say that the atmosphere is very similar. You know, yeah. lighthearted, a lot of fun. Um just try to joke around and mess with guys. Um, a little bit older, I will say, than yeah. a college team, but the premise is still there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the that has to be great because there's. I've been around some teams that tough on rookies, man. No matter how good you are, so to, to feel welcome right away, that has to be huge. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. You know, that's probably one thing that people most worry about is just how how are they gonna you know treat you? How are you know how's it gonna go? Yeah. And so ever since the first day, kind of just talking with them and you know seeing them in spring training was a good start uh, yeah. for us. But you know, just talking with them and they're just like, hey, just go do your thing. And you know, obviously we're gonna mess with you a little bit, but you know, that's just kind of <laughs> that's just kind of how it is. And any any any. Uh, team there's really not any rookie hazing anymore uh it used to be <laughs> no. really it used to be bad man back in the day it used to be bad but you know they make you carry stuff i guess and uh, the music system mm -hmm. you guys probably have to carry around right is that about the yeah like speakers and we'll take booze on the bus yeah. that's pretty much it yeah what about the, the first wind uh the shower you got Those uh are... i was felt like i was drowning <laughs> <laughs> uh there's this, i mean it's it's it was fantastic. You know, it's one of those memories you won't forget because me, yeah. me and TJ, TJ got his first hit that night as well. So it was kind of like we were both in there. TJ together. Hopkins, yeah, yeah, TJ Hopkins. Um, so <laughs> it's not something I forget. It's something that you know took like three days to get rid of. Probably, <laughs> you know, I took like five or six showers within one day, and two like three days later, I still smelled like Listerine, like. <laughs> whatever they used yeah. on us for those that don't know they take when you get your first big league win or your first big league hit they take you into the shower so it's easy to clean up and they just have some concoction of they hammer you with everything listerine <laughs> i imagine there's alcohol there's beer there's you know there's probably things i don't even want to there's, think about there's food products there's, there's food products. uh different kinds of drinks from the like kitchen um i think i even had like a full thing of jello thrown at me <laughs> Um, which I mean, you know, I didn't even see, you know, you don't even see it coming cause you're like trying to guard your eyes yeah. and like trying to breathe. Cause I mean, they're right over top of you. Just, just doing it right. And like pouring it all on you. So, I mean, it was definitely fun. And you know, with Ellie, when Ellie came up and he got his first hit, I got to partake in it. So it was kind of like, you know, it just kind of keeps the culture going. Yeah, that first night, uh, we were waiting for Ellie after the game to do interviews and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And then we realized... 
Oh, he got the shower. He's got the dread. So he's literally, he was in the shower for like 45 minutes. Yeah. He, uh, he got, he had a pretty, I think it was pretty quick with him. Um, and then B-Will got one on the road. I can't remember where it was. Uh, he, his was pretty bad. Uh, me and TJ's was pretty bad. Um, I had to do family photos right after. So <laughs> I, a, you put a, your uniform yeah, back on. I right showered and put on the extra uni that I had in my, my locker. You know, still smelling like whatever, and just went out there. Did your family like, like, "Hey, dude, you smell like uh, there's something funky around here"? What? What? Did you not shower? My family honestly couldn't tell. I tried to spray a little cologne to cover it up a little bit, Um, but my agent was like, "Yeah, you probably just got the shower and you just came back out." I was like, "Yeah." Now, Danny Graves, former Red, covered you in college Mm -hmm. a lot and talked about the invisible your. high fastball that he says you just hide it and they can't hit it now has this always been the case or is this something that has kind of developed uh i would say probably developed um i think it's got something to do with my mechanics throwing across your body kind of hide the ball a little bit and then it kind of just jumps on the hitter i didn't really hear the term invisible until senior year which danny might have been the first one to say it or somebody else i don't know um you know, it's it's always been a good pitch for me, and the Reds really kind of told me uh, last year in Chattanooga at the end of the season was like, when you come back next year, I want you pitching at just the top of the zone. Yeah. Like nothing at the that bottom. That is definitely the philosophy of Derek Johnson. Yeah, and uh, I think ever since kind of making that switch, I've had a lot of success. How's that wearing that number 41 been? What did you wear in college, by the way? 16. 16. Mm-hmm. That's available. Would it you want to go to that? Um, or is that... I'm kind of a very, very, uh, <laughs> um, oh man, I'm superstitious, really superstitious. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. There's uh, a lot. My dad kind of started that too. So if you really? ever want to ask him about it, really, yeah, he's very superstitious. Like in what ways is your dad superstitious? I mean, wears the same stuff to some of my games. Um, <laughs> has to get up and walk around in like the middle innings. Um, there's some other ones I can't remember. Maybe put on like the right shoe first or something like that. Because for me, it's like always the right sock first, not the left. Always the left shoe, but not the right, not the right shoe. Um, it's always untucked shirt during BP and then tucked shirt, obviously for the game. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> there's some other ones that I can't really mention, but you know, you can't a mention. Oh, there's it's just me and you. There's no one listening to this <laughs> podcast, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. Baseball is either you're very superstitious or you're not, and I'm very. So hold on a second. You put on the right sock first, and then the left sock, but mm. then you've got to go left, left shoe, shoe to right shoe. Wow. See, I'm a, I'm a simpleton. I don't even know if I would be able to figure that out. It's just it's honestly gotten to the point of doing it so much where it's just second nature. Just really? Yeah. It's just like all right, throw the left sock on the ground. Right sock goes on first. Then you put the left shoe on. Then you put the right shoe on. So. so is this only a days you're pitching or every day? This is every day. <laughs> this is like coming to the field, like still getting dressed, doing the same thing. Also, this is not just putting on your spikes. This is putting on your yeah. street clothes as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, speaking of Danny Graves, he had the same thing. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it was it was actually more extensive. I'm going to have to have him go over what he used to do. He used to be exactly superstitious like that, but he would have... I think we counted there were 23 steps to putting on his uniform. And they yeah. all had to be in a row. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, some pitchers and some position players have. Yeah. I've, I've definitely seen something very close to that. All right, back to Virginia. You were um, 
a reliever for first th- three years. Three years. Now, was that because of they thought of you as a reliever, or was that just the the testament to the starting pitching that Virginia had? You know, at the time when I came in, the starting pitchers were pretty much like dead set. Um, Daniel Lynch, who was a first-rounder, pitches for the Royals, mm-hmm. was on there. Derek Casey, who's in the Cubs system, I think still, uh, probably double-A AA or triple-A, he was a starter. And then we had uh, another guy that was like kind of up and like back and forth between one or two guys. Um, but there was an older group kind of in front of you. And as a freshman, especially at a Power 5 D1, you kind of go into relieving role yeah. pretty much straight away. That's it's kind of like earn your stripes right. kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's standard, but the three years. Is yeah, I did it. Story. So the first year was like that. And then the second year they said um, I was going to be like a long relief kind of maybe a closer type of role and whatnot. Um, I ended up being more of a long reliever for like three or four innings. Um, but they were like, we need arm, good arms in our pin that we can trust because we had such a young class yeah. that came in. And I was like, yeah, I'll do whatever, you know, to help the team get to the winning situation and stuff like that. And then the last year, me and uh, Stephen Shock um, were the like eighth and ninth guys. So we, you know, I think we played 18 games before COVID canceled that season, and me and him appeared in, like, 15 of them. So it's just, wow. like, you could count on us, I guess, to get you an out or two or an inning or whatnot, uh, more so than others. Um, without, <laughs> I mean, we had really good arms that year, but with more so just I'm available kind yeah. of thing. So After three years, what, you got drafted by, who was it, Yankees draft? No. That was in high school. High school. Okay, high yeah. school. So you... You don't get drafted, but when you had your initial press conference, you said, "I'm just I wanted to make people regret not drafting me." Right? Yeah. I mean, so this was a a bone of contention with you that. Yeah, when that happened, you know, I had whole friends and family with me. Um, I had like a big draft party kind of thing because they were like, "Yeah, you're like I guess like one of the top relievers in the ACC." You know, you've been there three years. You've got acc- accolades. You know, played for Team USA. You know, all that kind of stuff. And you're lefty. Yeah, and a lefty. So, <laughs> you know, they were pretty much saying like somebody's gonna need you. Somebody yeah. somewhere is gonna draft you. And that, you know, that was the consensus. And you know, as the day kind of went on, it was like. Mm. Like, I kind of knew it in the back of my head, just talking with, like, agent. He was like, it's five rounds. You don't know yeah. what, but that's, we what's going to happen. I should have prefaced it by saying this. It was different. It was only five mm-hmm. rounds because of COVID. Yeah. Right. Um, so he was like, you should just keep your head on a swivel, you know. Yeah. Hopefully it all works out. Hopefully, you know, nothing bad happens. And, you know, it kind of just kept going and going and going. And I'm pulling, pull dad and mom to the side. I'm like, hey, it's a real possibility that I don't go like get drafted to where I want to go or like money wise or anything like that. And, you know, they knew about it. So kind of like in the fifth round at the beginning, I kind of sent everybody home. I was like, I was like, Hey, just want to thank you guys for like coming out. But, uh, I don't, doesn't look good for the draft this year. Um, you know, appreciate the support, but you know, it'd be better for you guys probably to go before like something, somebody blows up or emotions start, you know, swelling over or whatever else. And, before no. I start crying. Yeah. <laughs> Before I turn back into my crier stages. Uh, but, yeah, so we had that happen, and then I think it was literally like the day, or actually it was the st- still the same day, but O'Connor from the UVA coach called me and was like, I'm going to come down tomorrow. We'll have a face-to-face conversation about what you want to do, what my plan is for you, and you know what UVA can offer you to come back because Transport Portal was becoming a big thing. Yeah. 
So they wanted to like kind of hold on to me because they didn't expect to even get me back. Right. First of all, so you know it was just a big whirlwind for a lot of people. Yeah, COVID messed up a lot of things, and that five round draft was, bleh. yeah. I mean, it, it just messed the whole sequencing of of what normally happens up. But it's a blessing in disguise in the end because you Absolutely. go back and become a starter, right? I Absolutely. mean, w- and when you look back, yeah, they. Uh, so when O'Connor came down, we had a conversation. He was like. He was like, you've given so much to us, like, not complaining about relieving for the last three years. We're going to put you as, like, the Friday night guy, without a doubt. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll get with the pitching coach. You know, we're going to get a throwing program going to build you up for the season. Um, we'll get a strength coach, you know, going back up. Uh, when I get back to UVA, we'll get your plan going for, like, lifting purposes and whatnot. And, you know, they were very transparent with me. And, you know, I've always been very, very appreciative of the coaches because they don't they, this is where I get my straight shooting mentality I kind of just tell it as it is and they told me it's like all right we're gonna give you this opportunity now you still have to go earn it but you know since being a senior being on the team already for three years it's kind of like you earn it already but you have to still earn it every yeah. single time so just buy in and go do the work well it worked out really well uh and the Reds draft you and then you still have that chip on your shoulder that uh I'm gonna make these guys uh regret not picking me right the year before yeah um I think that was pretty much the motto of my entire senior year really yeah um a lot of the guys a lot of my friends from UVA could could tell that I was mad about coming back like not that I hated the school or anything but you know I was wanted to go I felt like I was ready to go and then it just didn't happen but you know as you said earlier blessing in disguise you know got to develop as a starter could prove I go into games deep into games and whatnot so there's a a lot of dividends that it did for me yeah and you uh well you got that master's degree (laughs) (laughs) accidentally (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is wasn't planned (laughs) just crazy to me now you're uh, you had talked about the Billy Wagner, the influence that he had on you. When yep. did he coach you? Uh, I think I was 14 or 15, maybe. Yeah. And uh, big league pitcher Billy Wagner, one of the greats. Um, so how much of an influence did he have on you? He, other than Jeff Stevens, was probably the biggest outside of my dad, like role model for yeah. me. I mean, obviously he's a Hall, a hall of Famer in my eyes. Yeah. You know, lefty reliever from small town Virginia. You know, he coaches a private high school in near Charlottesville. So actually during COVID, I got to train with him for a little bit, you know, yeah. just giving me kind of like what I should do, you know, weightlifting tips and whatnot and kind of stuff like that. And, you know, to this day, I can send him a text message and get a response. I could call him and, you know, talk to him about situations. I know the family very well. Um, it's just one of those things that baseball provides you. Just yeah. a very big world, but it's a very small community inside for baseball. Yeah, no, I always love these connections to find out uh, who influenced you. And then, you know, you bring up, uh, I don't think any a lot of people knew about it here. Like you brought up Billy Wagner and be like, oh, Billy Wagner. Wow. He, Reds faced him a lot. So yeah. uh, he, had, he had high velocity, though. Yeah, he uh, was. He threw some smoke. He threw some smoke coming out of the pen. Now you said that you emulate your mechanics though after Cliff Lee, correct? Do I have yeah. that right? Cliff Lee and Cole Hamels were the two that I emulated growing up. Now, when you say emulate mechanics, you watch them pitch and literally tried to duplicate. I try. I for about two or three years, I tried to do everything that those two guys did. You know, whether it was 
the the weird side out leg kick for Cliff Lee, the over the top wind up for Cole Hamels, um, the glove in front of you mechanics. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of like Andy Pettit ish. Yeah. Um, but you know, just that's what makes baseball players so good is just taking like little snippets of so many people. Yeah. And just forming your own craft kind of yeah. out of it and. Over the years, you know, I did become my own person, and that's kind of the big step you need to take is just finding who you are and then just going with it from there. But those individuals that I listed are definitely people that if I had to break down film, I would want to say that I was pretty close yeah. to. A lot of people, you remind them of Tom Browning, mm-hmm. the late Tom Browning. God rest your soul. Um, because you, you get the ball and you fire it. He wasn't high velocity, but he was also pitching to contact a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got his punchies, but uh, was pitching to soft contact. So have you heard that name yet around here? I have heard it. Um, my dad has actually mentioned it to me since he grew up watching watching that era. Yeah. Um, don't know much about um, him, but, you know, it's everything that you do surrounding, like, a community can only really be, like, a, it's a really a compliment. Yeah. I mean... You know, wish wish he was around to just talk to him about it because it'd be a very oh, very I wish he was great. too because he used to be a coach in the system and yeah. uh, he's a guy that's been there, done that. He was a thinking man's pitcher all the way. Yeah, um, lefty uh, didn't have the high velocity. In fact, he would you know he'd top out at eighty eight to ninety one somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, he he was a pitcher, not a thrower. I, I would love to have had you met him, Mister Perfect Tom Browning. I, I meant to ask you about the number 41, so mm-hmm. you're superstitious. We, we got off on another tangent on that, so we're going to stick with 41 then? Are you For su- now, yeah, we're going to stick with 41. Um, <laughs> every number that I've had in my career, except for Louisville, has been uh, somewhat involved by the number three. So 41 is 4 minus 1 equals 3. <laughs> 16, the 6, is is dividable by 3. Um, and then I wore one in high school, so it's always been a one. Um, and then I was, my favorite number growing up was 33. So it's always been about one, three or something that adds to those two. Wow. See, math was not a part of this podcast, Andrew, and now you're making me do simple <laughs> math. Cause I mean, I guess you could say 29 was cause you can divide nine by three. Yeah. But uh, it's this, that was one of those numbers where I was like, ah, you know what? whatever we're just gonna roll with it <laughs> i love it it's, it's gotta be a three involved and four minus one when you laid that on us everyone just started laughing eh, four minus three four minus one is three so we're good <laughs> yeah we're, we're fine <laughs> i also loved in that initial press conference when we were talking about 41 and everyone the media would just off the top of their head going through oh okay that was that was tom Seaver's number mm-hmm. Uh, that's tough to live up to, but he's mostly known as a Met. And then they said, well, Lou Pinello wore 41. Yeah, but he was a manager with the Reds. And then they said, well, that was Joe Noxall's number. And the room, yeah. the room went, oh, wow, okay, that one's tough to live up to. Yeah, <laughs> The old left-hander Joe Noxall was way before your time, but uh, he is huge here in Reds country. So living up to wearing that number you're already handling the pressure, but you look good in 41. Let me just tell you <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, there you have it. The best of the rookies. Hope you enjoyed it. You know, I get lots of comments sometimes from people that are just picking up the podcast, and they're like, wow, the years past editions 
are really good because most of them are evergreen. So I would invite you, even if you are a regular listener of this podcast, to go back and check out the archives of some of the interviews that we've done over the years, particularly those of the all-time Reds greats. Those are some of my favorites. The Sean Casey episodes, I will once in a while just listen to a portion of because he just cracks me up so much. The stories are so good. So I would invite anyone to go back in the archives and check it out. And as usual, thanks for joining us here on the Gym Day Podcast. It's been quite the journey, and I am so happy and so thankful that you've been along for the ride. And we will see you next time here on the Old Pod.